Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Toys, KMOX. It's John Gann against Aaron Nola. Cardinal baseball coming up in two hours from now. Tom Ackerman with you on KMOX Sports on a Sunday morning. The Mike Schultz Show just minutes away. BK, how you doing, pal? Well, I'm doing okay. Tom, how are you? I'm doing all right. I can tell in your voice what you're disappointed in, so I'm going to get to that before we talk about the good stuff. The Blues with their game yesterday, but the good stuff was the Cardinals pummeling the Phillies, and uh, Mike Schild will be with us to talk about it. Katie Shields, the coach of the SLU women's soccer team. How about them? Hey. The women's soccer team with a 2-1 win over Davidson, BK, to claim their third straight A-10 title. She'll be with us at 10:50. A late goal, an exciting day over at Herman Stadium. I got my Billiken shirt on today to honor those ladies. That is terrific. Back to back to back for the SLU women's soccer team, so that's outstanding. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. And I, I got to tell you, uh, it's an exciting time to be a St. Louis Billiken. They've got that program rolling and the basketball teams and baseball, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but it's fun. I mean, to see what Chris May has done to build everything over there. But just in our next uh, minute or two, I, you know, I, I'm only going to leave that much time for the downer, but the Blues lose another one. They lose another lead, Brian. I mean, it's it's hard to figure right now what this team is capable of moving forward, but they're out of a playoff spot. It really is because they were playing kind of like the 19 playoff blues where they were very aggressive. They were tight on the fort check. Their gaps were good, all that kind of stuff, and uh, pulled off some wins. Even in the loss to Colorado, they played two good periods. Uh, You know, that second period's been a problem for them all year. So they come out yesterday in a game they have to win at Arizona. It looked great in the first period. And I, the only thing I can figure is that uh, Rick Tockett threw out more F-bombs between the first and second period than Craig Berube did because the Coyotes came out fired up and the Blues kind of regressed for the rest of the game. I don't get it. I don't know how that can happen, but it did. 
Uh, I don't either, and the Blues have got to figure it out and figure it out quickly. Uh, I will say this, though, before we take a break and hear from Mike Schilt, is that my heart, and I know yours is and everybody else, is with the Blues family today, uh, thinking about the great Bobby Plager and his amazing family and all of his friends and that tight alumni group, Brian. It's an amazing group of people, and they'll be remembering Bob today. Yes, and then they're asking fans to come down and line Market Street. I saw somebody tweet out that, you know, let's uh, bring our hockey sticks and and give him a stick tap as he goes by. And I thought what a, that would be a great tribute. So hopefully some people are able to come down and, uh, and say a final goodbye to number five. Lots of love to the Blues, that's for sure. Yes, BK, sir. we appreciate it. Have a great uh, rest of your day as we get ready for Cardinal baseball. You too, sir. Let's go, Birds. Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is right around the corner. Can't wait to talk to him about everything that happened yesterday, but not all the good stuff. There have been some bumps in the road. We know that. This team is definitely a work in progress, but they win it yesterday. The highlights, the discussion with the Cardinals manager next. Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. And welcome in, folks. It is the Mike Schilt Show, and the Cardinals manager is with us from Philadelphia, Mike what a game yesterday and another one just ahead. We always appreciate these opportunities. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, my privilege, Tom. How you doing, bud? I'm doing very well. I had some fun listening to that game on KMOX Radio, I'll tell you that, with John Rooney and Ricky Horton calling the action, and we'll play some hot. You know what? In fact, we always do this at the end. I think I want to start with, can we start with your memorable play of the week sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes? I think it'd be... Uh, fun if to, not to put you on the spot right away, but uh, our memorable <laughs> play of the week, sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. Do you have something that jumps out at you? Oh gosh, for the past <laughs> week, um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, Yachty threw on Homer yesterday was a pretty memorable one. You know, we're down one nothing, and uh, we got two outs, uh, nobody on, and Cody gets on, no one gets on, then Yachty gets uh, um, a changeup out of the ballpark to get us rolling. You know what's amazing is that was the first highlight that I had queued up for our discussion. So it's almost like <laughs> well, you read my mind. Here it is. That could Cardinals be scary. down. Yeah, Cardinals down one nothing. Top of the third. Yachty. Next pitch is hit hard to left field. Down the line towards the wall, and it's gone. Big fly. Yadier Molina. Hits a mistake from Matt Moore and gives the Cardinals the lead. His third home run of the year. And it's 3-1 to one Cardinals. There it is. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit dolancare.com. I mean, we could sit there and joke and say that he's hit the fountain of youth, Mike Schilt, but the reality is this is a guy who works, he's focused, and he is something else, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, yeah, we could easily say that and, and – uh, Maybe be right, but he's he's created his fountain of youth. What um, what he's done, really, you know, you, you say it over the more recently, but what you do in the future is what you've really done in the past. And uh, he set himself up for excellence in how he's gone about his whole career, um, how he's taken care of himself, how he's been dedicated to um, studying the game, and then you know his body. He's you know earlier on. I don't know if I mentioned in the show, but. Um, one of our performance coaches, um, Lance Thomason, our, our head strength coach, mentioned that, you know, in spring training, he's like, you know, Yachty's one of the strongest guys in our entire camp. 
Yeah, I, and that's I just believe it. Great testament to, to his work ethic. Wow, you know, watching him uh, during spring training, he's always in such great shape. He runs a lot too. I, I don't know mm-hmm. how often he does that, but I, I always see him pop the earbuds in and running in the morning. And you know, when I was doing those early morning shows on site. Uh, we would cross paths in the parking lot all the time in the darkness, and you know I'd have yep. to show up to get to get on the air at six a.m. He was already rocking and rolling, wasn't he? Yeah, that's him. You know, I come in and you know get there as much as uh, early as anybody. Anytime I'm at the at the complex for spring training, or even during the off season, and man, just not a surprise. I used to be like, whoa, this guy's here early. Uh, and we knew that during spring training, but in the off time. You just kind of look up, and there he is, just working away. Yeah, it's really uh, something that I think uh, trickles down to everybody in your organization, for sure, all the players who look up to him. Meanwhile, let's stay in that third inning. Next batter is Paul DeYoung. That's it hard to center field by DeYoung. Backing up Quinn to the track, to the wall, and that's gone. Back-to-back homers. Paul DeYoung with his third of the year. Following Yadier Molina. And it's 4-1, to one, Cardinals. So suddenly you've built yourself a three-run lead, and we can talk about Paulie and also just the bigger picture of showing some patience about this team. But Paul DeYoung hits one, and I'm sure that felt good for him as he's starting to get himself going. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm sure it felt great. You know, him and Yachty, were, he was, they were kidding with each other about going back-to-back, and you know, they did that in the Chicago series um, in 19 in Chicago towards the end of the year. And, um they were enjoying reminiscing about that and talking about going back to back again, how they look forward to doing it more often. And, um, you know, Paulie took a great swing. You know, look, Elon uh, base hit the center field um, last home game, hit a ball two, two days, a day before that to right on the nose for a base hit to right, smoked one up the middle, which usually means you're in good balance, a good direction. You're driving the ball through the middle. That means you always have to hit it through the middle. Then he crushed the ball. Um, to dead center um, the first game here. And, and, you know, that was a pretty windy day and didn't get any love for it. And the, uh, yesterday he hit a two-iron shot out of here to dead center. It's a good good sign for Pauly. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what, before we get to the fourth inning and more explosive fireworks, I do want to get into that a little bit. So you have you, you all have the ability to track exit velocity, hard contact, and I know sometimes that, that people just want to hear results. They want to see results. They want to see hits and runs. But certainly, uh, and this is something you've made very clear, this is uh, a consistent thing for you. It's not just talk. It is consistently tracked, the fact that the ball is coming off the bat hard pretty much up and down your lineup, isn't it? It is. And, you know, it's been something that we've been tracking for multiple years now. And, look, everyone wants results. We know we're in a result-oriented business. Um, the reality is, is if you don't have good processes in a very, very, very thin margin game, which is Major League Baseball now, with how everything is operating and, and information is basically universal and decisions are being made and um, the approach to how competition takes place is pretty wildly similar um then yeah if you're gonna if you don't have good processes your results will not be there and we use analytics for multiple things but you know the the highlight of it is 
it really illustrates what we need to work on the most. It creates more efficient plans for um, how we how we get ready individually and as a group. And then the second thing it does is creates helps you understand strategy um, as well from my seat. And so, you know, we looked up years ago and realized we had a a, a team that chased a lot out of the zone, that swung and missed a fair amount, and we got to work. And the group got to work. The hitting guys got to work. The players got to work. And what you've seen over the last couple of years is you've seen, and you think about putting that in order, which we did, what's the first thing that needs to happen? We need to be in the zone more. So our walk rate rate went up. Our strike rate rate went down. No one likes to strike out top. Trust me, we want to put the ball in play. But with the stuff he's got to throw on today, it's just out there. You know, guys are going to have their strikeouts. Uh, but – Common sense, right? You, you try to get a good pitch to hit, as I re- referenced Ted Williams. Um, and we said, you know, hitting's hard. Simple, you make it. Get a good pitch to hit, put a good swing on it, hit as hard as you can. That's all you can do. You know, they shifted Ted Williams, you know, back, you know, in the, in the, when the, and Ted was playing. I don't think people maybe know that as much. So it's not like this is some kind of, you know, necessarily new thing. Now it's more mainstream, obviously. But my wrap up point of getting at it is this it's a process. And, we want to get the ball in the zone more. We now have. We want to get at the ball as hard as we can, which just common sense, right? The harder you hit it, the less reaction time, the, the more it gets in the gap, the better chance you've got to get out of the ballpark. We can measure all these different things. And now we've, we've moved the needle slowly, but that's what happens sometimes. I, I know it feels glacial. I get it. Um, to now get to a point where we now have controlling the strike zone better getting our good swings off in the zone, hitting the ball hard. And, and, and after that, you know, look, if, you could, if we could do more, if we could control it, we'd, we'd love to. But, man, we know that process is good, and we know here's the other thing. We also compare it to elite offenses, which is what our expectation is. We want to be elite in everything we do, and we work our tails off. It's our job, and our players do to do just that. And – we now have reached, and we have to maintain it, which, you know, we understand. Um, but we've now gotten to that level where elite offenses have been the last several years. High exit velocities, high hard hit contact percentages, higher walk rates, lower strikeout rates. And um, we've gotten there, and sometimes the results aren't there, and that's why this game, we love it. And it can be really, really hard and frustrating because you can do a lot of things well and not get reward and still have to answer to a, a result that is favorable some days. And and uh, we recognize that's part of the gig as well. Paul DeYoung batting sixth in the order today. You have Matt Carpenter batting fifth and playing second base. Tommy Edmonds going to play in right field and lead off. And then your 2-3-4, they've been good too. Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Molina back to that spot in the order. Number three, fourth inning, Nolan. A 1-1 pitch to Arenado. Here it comes. Swing and a hard hit ball down the left field line. And it's gone. Nolan Arenado, big fly. His fourth of the year. The Cardinals' third of the game. A two-run shot makes it 8-3 Cardinals. It is one of those games, folks. Well, it's fun to have a superstar, that's for sure. A home run makes it 8-3, to three, not to be outdone. Number four steps up again in the fourth. Romero working from the stretch, delivers. That ball's hit hard down the left field line. Is it fair? You bet it is. Back-to-back back again. This time it's 
Arenado and Molina. Last time it was Molina and DeYoung. And the Cardinals have hit four home runs in this game. And it's now 9-3. to three. And the Cardinals go on to win this game 9-4. to four. Mike, uh, recently, in fact, it was on this show that you uh, gave the news that you were going to put Yadier Molina in the number four spot in the order. Basically, the guy was hot. I mean, he was hitting everything that came at him, and he, he's done it again. And I mentioned 5-6, uh, and, and then you have Carlson and Williams in there, 7-8. I think we obsess over lineups only because it's fun. I think that people yes, right. like, to, Absolutely. like to mix it's them up and all that stuff. It's the game, right? I yeah. mean, you know, everybody gets to make their lineup and think about it. And, you know, that's the one thing that's great about our game. People have knowledge about it. And, you know, they can think along with it and first guess it and second guess it. That's what makes it, you know, makes it uh, interesting for people. For sure. And the Cardinals go on to win this game 9-4. to four. Just a little bit more on this game. There's just a lot going on here. Uh, Kwon Young Kim, you know, it seemed like you probably um, – I have to feel good about what you saw, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, you know, the guy really did not have a spring training um, and was able to get built up in simulated games. And um, But, yeah, we liked what we saw. He could have easily gotten out of that first inning with 10, 11, 12 pitches. But, you know, they put together some at-bats and, um, you know, ended up being a 30-pitch inning for him, which, you know, we didn't like the stress there and had a pretty much a little bit quicker second, obviously. Um but the next two innings averaged 19 pitches per, and, um, you know, got dinged up for a couple runs in the third. And love to have had him, you know, be able to get um, go back out and, and eat some more innings up. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, 67, 68 pitches rather, he was basically on a 75-ish pitch count based on stress, plus or minus. And, you know, he had two real stressful innings and um, higher pitch counts than all of them, you know, when you factor in an average – innings about 16 pitches so um you know felt like the ball was coming out slaughter was good um got some punch outs on it um you know four strikeouts on his slider uh so you know good to get him out there would like to have gotten a little more out of him but based on where he's at and in the game made sense to to get him out there and we did have some bullpen that was some fresh and we of course we used it but um Anyway, encouraging to get him back in the, in the rotation. Yeah, KK throws 68 pitches, as you said, in those three innings, but he is back out there, and that certainly is an encouraging sign. Only walked one, struck out four. Boy, he has some really uh, good, consistent stuff that can fool you when he's rolling. Uh, Helsley, Webb, Hicks, Cabrera, and Reyes for your bullpen. I mean, you can't say enough about your bullpen and the horsepower that you throw out there. I guess the obvious question and concern is how much longer will you be able to – do that right i mean starters have to go a little deeper into the game and carlos martinez now you know he he has an inning that does not go his way on friday for example and i think you were actually pretty supportive right out of the gate of the fact that you know that was unfortunate i mean he gives up six runs in an inning but otherwise you, you felt like his stuff was really starting to lock in yeah i thought you know you can't take away innings. They all count, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but you can't evaluate in the whole. Um, And so you look up at Carlos's work. He's had an, you know, an inning that's kind of not been good for him basically in every start that's bit him. But outside of that, he's been really good. He's thrown strikes. Um, He's controlled counts. His ball has life to it. His slider's good. His changeup's really good. He had a breeze through the first inning the other day. Um, second inning you know 
three three non plays took place. Um, you know, we would expect to make a couple of them at least, uh, and you know, made a decision with the um, eight hole guy with an open base. You know, we put him on. You know, to, to get Eflin up there. You know, Eflin's you know fifty five percent strikeout rate. You know, this guy's got at bats at one hundred fifty one at bats coming in. Had never walked, had never been hit by a pitch. Um, so really, we felt like we had a pretty good handle on two very favorable outcomes. He was either going to hit a ground ball double play, or he's going to punch out, and we'd have taken our shot with McCutcheon, who's a one ninety hitter against Carlos in his career, um, and he hit him. <laughs> um, you know, and that was probably the biggest part of the inning that you know Carlos could probably take responsibility for. Um, two seamers just got away and nicked him, and. Um, then McCutcheon dumps one into right field, and um, so that, you know that could have easily been a you know will pop up to first, but it found grass. And you know the only real swing that, that people were get were able to get on him was Harper. You know Harper crushed two balls, and in that inning, you know laced a ball in the gap for a for a double that played it a couple. So that was the the big blow to the inning. But um, then tired eleven straight after that. Um, so. Got through out of that inning and then retired the side third, fourth, and fifth. And um, you know we're down four nothing. And at that point we got a we got a hit for him. You did, and he ends up going five in that game. You lost that first game, but won the second game. And these have been uh, some interesting games: nine two on Friday, nine four in the Cardinals' favor yesterday. And I guess a final thing: look, Alex Reyes uh, ends up. Uh, how many pitches did he throw? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. That ninth inning, but he got out of it on skates. You know, I, look, it's a. Uh, that's always a, a nail-biting situation for fans, but uh, you got to see him put to the test in a pressure situation is is the way I would see it also. Yeah, it created his own pressure, really. Um, you know, if I run the lead, not typical where you're going to want to bring your closer in, but Alex has pitched one day in the last seven, um, and he has some touches on the mound and, you know, showed why. He was a little, maybe a little rusty yesterday, and, um you know, kind of, I mean, Torres hit a base, you know, hit a two-strike pitch, um, line drive to right, but really his own worst enemy, Alex, but also right at his own ship and, and made a lot of quality pitches at the end to, to get the last couple guys and, and uh, bring it home for us. You locked it down. You got the win. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back for a second and final segment with Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, about today's game against the Phillies. They get going here pretty soon, 12.05, so we appreciate his time very much. We know that time is valuable. It's the Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. Back right after this. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show with the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt. I'm Tom Ackerman. Great to be along with him. Johnny Gant throws for you today against the Philadelphia Phillies. And for Gant, I, I still remember, and I really like him. You know, I spent some time with him in the Cardinals caravan and got to know him. Kind of a a quiet person publicly, but behind the scenes, I loved his insight and just his down-to-earth demeanor, and he's a great athlete. I'll never forget when he looked me right in the eye and he said, I want to crack at this rotation. And that was live on mm-hmm. KMOX. I was like, whoa, John. You know, I, I like the uh, the fire, and that was early in, I want to say, 20. Yeah, it was uh, January of 20. He was ready to roll, wasn't he, Mike? And he has worked to this point. He is part of your rotation. 
He is. And, uh, you know, Johnny's always been a guy that's been uh, accepting of roles, but, but, you know, came up as a starter, came over on a tr- in a trade with Atlanta, uh, was in a rotation for a while um, in 18, and then 19 um, brought him into camp as a starter to, to compete. And, you know, literally the last day of camp sat him down and, and told him he was going to bullpen, which he accepted and, you know, went with Dakota um, in that spot uh, to start that season and worked out well for us. Dakota had 16 wins that year and Johnny had 11 out of the bullpen. So um, those two guys are responsible for 27 of, I believe, our 91 wins that year. So, um, and then Johnny was really clear um, when I talked to him this off season, you know, he didn't look me in the eye, but he was, um, clear on the phone when I talked to him and I had to do all the guys multiple times in the off season. But the first call of the off season to Johnny was, Hey, I want, I want to shot the rotation. And uh, I said, yep, fine. We'll bring you in. What we'll see what it looks like. And you go get it. And, um, he had a good spring, you know, clearly had some, uh, issues with KK and of course miles is still out. So opened up the door for Johnny and he, uh, he walked right through it and excited to watch him pitch today. Yeah, he'll be pitching today against the Phillies, who have Bryce Harper back in the lineup today. He was not in there yesterday, but for John, and this really applies to all pitchers, to be honest, but for John and, and Daniel Ponce de Leon fell into this category also, is, you know, throwing strikes is the key, and right? I mean, once he's throwing strikes, he can really get you off balance because he's really good, as John is, at changing speeds and keeping hitters off balance. Yeah, he's a, he's a pitch maker, um, good change up breaking ball for strike, um, good flight to his fastball, can run it inside, which he needs to do to open up the other pitches. Um, yeah, the strikes are just critical, man. I mean, you know, look, this isn't any trade secret. Uh, you know, as long as we do this show and, and all the shows that came before us on KMOX with managers and, and hosts, I'm pretty sure they talked about throwing strikes and it being important because everything works off of it. You can't get outs without them. Uh, you can't get, you know, we like to, we like to, we trust our defense. Um, you know, we want to keep them engaged. We want to be able to get those early strikes, early soft contact. Um, and we want to, we, you know, in order to get a strikeout, you got to get strike one and two. Um, we like the strikeouts too. So, um, in order to be go to go deep in games, you got to throw strikes. You got to control counts early in the count, get early outs. And like I said, set yourself up for the punch out that is just there. So, um, yeah, same difference. Doesn't mean matter. Johnny, insert pitcher name. You know, it's just same deal. Be able to throw fastball where you want to for a strike for the most part, both sides of the plate, and then be on or under the plate um, with your secondary pitches to make it look like a, ball, a strike out of the hand. You know, the instructions seem simple. It's the execution, <laughs> the process, right, <laughs> the, of getting – Getting to that point, and you know, I see case in point when it comes to hitting. Hitting is a process, and it's mm-hmm. see the ball and hit it. It's not as easy sometimes. In the case of Matt Carpenter, I've always felt like he sees the ball very well. He has good pitch recognition. He works counts. Uh, how big was that? Well, bomb. I, for lack of a better term, moonshot off the pole kind of like out of the natural where he just slams one and, and gets a huge greeting in the dugout, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of a weight lifted off of him. I mean, I know that he's a hard worker, but he's a human, and uh, he had to have been uh, pressing a little bit. No question. You know, that's the human factor about it. That's the, that's the balancing act that we strike when, you know, look, we, you don't think these guys want results, you know? I mean, these guys are result-driven. They're, they know the results 
and and now you know balls getting into gaps and balls finding grass and balls getting out of the ballpark. That's how we win, and they get compensated. And, you know, and we want both for them. And and uh, you know the, the ability to to get results are important. And you know, like you said, they're human. Carp's human, and you know you can only hear good swing carp, good swing carp, and keep going and keep going. And at some point, it's like, man, I want to, you know, something needs to go. And he finally. Um, was able to, to catch one to where it was a no doubter, and, and thank God, it, you know, hit that pole and stayed stayed uh, stayed fair. He'll play second base for you today. And, and Mike, final thing, the outfield. So I mentioned you have Edmund in right field. How do you see this outfield right now? And, and you're giving another shot at Justin Williams. He'll be playing left today. He looks like he's starting to gain some confidence for you. And of course, I know. Dylan Carlson is highly thought of in, on this team. He bats seventh in the order, and, and eventually he's going to be one of these great big league hitters. It does take time, but uh, the outfield, and you have injuries to Bader and O'Neill. What can you update us on how they performed yesterday in their appearance at Bush Stadium from what you understand and how this outfield looks, and also the addition of Scott Hurst? Yeah, so, um, you know, the outfield is, is a work in progress, and, uh, you know, we, we – we got a few more fly ball pitchers this year. We've been in the air with our pitching staff a little bit more, so it's uh, created more opportunities to the outfield. And, you know, Candle, we have been as consistent as we expect and they expect, and, you know, we're not going to alibi it. Um, you know, are the reasons for it? Sure. You know, the fact of the matter is we need to continue to improve, which we will. Um, you know, there's some youth out there. There's some inexperience out there. Um, you know, no one, no one enjoys the learning curve, Tom. And, and, you know, look, especially in a place that has high expectations, which we embrace and, and completely understand, and, and they're no higher than our own. Um, you know, but the fact of the matter is, you know, you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, KK, it was the first time he'd been pitched in front of fans. I'd pitched in front of a lot of fans over in Korea, and I don't think it bothered him one iota. But, um, you know, it's a lot different than getting your work in in a backfield, getting your work in in a spring training. There's just more stimulation. Um taking place and, and you know controlling the stimulation is important and it's something that younger players um learn and they do and you know there's a curve to it um everyone's gone through it uh at some point some go through it quicker than others some have trouble getting through it at all um but you you know the process of finding out about it is it's just that it's a process and it requires a little bit of patience that you know we don't have that it's unlimited um you know, in, in a highly competitive world and a result-oriented world. But, you know, we got some guys that, that are, you know, like you mentioned Justin Williams, starting to get a little more comfortable, starting to get a feet under him a little bit, um, you know, starting to understand what it looks like. And it's, it's you know, for him. Um, Dylan went through that last year. You know, Harrison's gone through it um, in the past. O'Neill's gone through it in the past. You know, they, they've pretty much come on the, out on the other side of it in a positive manner. Um Speaking of the rehab, uh, Harrison's, you know, getting to the point where he's tracking balls, throwing, playing catch, up to 120 feet, hitting off a tee. Um, O'Neal, obviously, not as big a setback. Expect him back when we get off the road. Um, hit a homer to right center field yesterday in a um, in a simulated game and is um, still feeling a little something but is on the mend and tracking in a good direction. I really appreciate the info and the insight uh, when it comes to your outfield. It's uh, very well said, and I, I appreciate the time as always. And, and have a good time today. Good luck. Get a win, and we will catch up with you very soon. Thanks for the time on KMOX, Mike. Will do. Thanks, Tom. Always a privilege. Have a blessed day. Thank you, sir. You too.
There's the Cardinals manager, Mike Shield, with us on KMOX. We appreciate it. Katie Shields, the head coach of the SLU women's soccer team. What a win for them. Yesterday they win their third straight Atlantic 10 title. We'll hear from her next on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, what a performance once again by St. Louis University women's soccer. Katie Shields is the coach in her eighth season and another terrific win. Coach, thank you so much for being with us on KMOX. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. How are you feeling this morning? <laughs> you know, a little, uh, I'm thrilled. Uh, it's, uh, it's just kind of the excitement hasn't worn off, but I'm just proud of our team's performance yesterday. The win was over Davidson 2-1 to one to claim your third straight Atlantic 10 championship. And describe the emotions when Hannah Frederick from Hazelwood West scored on an unassisted goal in the 89th minute to put you ahead. It was just a, a moment of pure joy, I think, for all, all involved in the program in the moment. Um, it was the first time we'd been really faced any adversity um, in terms of a scoreline. We hadn't been losing at halftime all season. And so to come back and score two second-half goals in the dramatic fashion that Hannah scored the game winner, a shot she's very capable of making. We've seen her make many times in in practice, but uh, it's kind of one of those last-second buzzer beaters uh, that was just – it was incredible. It's amazing. You were down one to nothing at halftime, and up until then, what did you think about how the game was going? To be honest, it was a uh, it was a little bit as expected. Uh, not to be losing, um, but we knew Davidson would would be challenging to score on. We gave up a we made a mistake. We gave up a pretty poor um, goal against. But uh, I was proud they weren't the team didn't get frustrated. They kind of played with a level head and created some good chances. And once we got the first, um, you know, I think in all of our minds it was a matter of time until we got the second. Um, but it, it wasn't easy by any means. Yeah, you were looking for that equalizer, and you got it. Abby Miller from Francis Hall North on a penalty kick in the 57th minute, and then Frederick with the winner at the very end, and the Billikens beat Davidson 2-1, to the first women's soccer team in Atlantic 10 history to capture both regular season and tournament titles in three consecutive seasons. What does that mean to you and to your terrific players? It's something special. We talk a lot, you know, even in the recruiting process about coming to SLU and and writing history and doing something that's never been done before. And I think, obviously, with what the the past year has held for for all teams, all athletes, I think the resiliency of this group to to stay together and not have your fall season pushed to the spring. And, and, you know, we graduated – majority of our starters last uh last year and so to have a bunch of young players freshmen step up with some seasoned veterans uh it's it's pretty exciting because i think a lot of people outwardly looked at maybe this was going to be a rebuilding year for us but if anything we've just gotten better well isn't it amazing the pipeline from st louis it really is a slew dream to be able to have st louis players just coming in one after the other it's remarkable when you look at your roster 27 players and 17 of them are from the st louis area coach shields it tells you what people think not only about your program but what soccer is like in this area it's it's a hotbed. It's it was a mission of ours as a program as a staff when we took over the program to 
to build it on the the back and the foundation of local local talent and we've just been very fortunate that the the youth programs and the youth clubs are doing a phenomenal job developing um top class players for then us to to get in the recruiting process and, and develop then once we get them in our program Billikens are on fire. They've won 10 in a row. They're 15-1, and one, their best ever 16-game record. And SLU, what's next? They'll now play in the NCAA tournament. Third straight year for Katie Shields and the Billikens. And the bracket will come out tomorrow. It's going to be on NCAA.com at noon if you want to check it out. 48 teams, Katie, instead of the customary 64 this year. And all of the games are going to be played in the state of North Carolina. It starts on April 27th, and I know that it's – different but everything is different uh, now isn't it in, in our pandemic sure it's just the world we live in you know right now um, we're fortunate to still be playing we're fortunate to have the opportunity to um, no doubt it's a it's a different setup of the tournament just structure location but we're still on a mission to to win win games within the tournament that's you know something this this current era of the program hasn't done, um, and so we're we're very clear and minded, and we, we want to win the first, and, and then obviously continue to win in the tournament. And you know this has been a challenge for everybody, but it's a, a been a time of discovery, hasn't it? And you have to be mentally strong as much as physically strong. I'm sure that this is a team that has worked on its fitness and is at the top of its game there. But boy, don't you have to work out your mind and make sure that you're focused and there's so many things that that we've had to go through as a society during this time absolutely and we talked to our women very early on when you know even last summer about the the sacrifice it was going to require to to stay together and to be healthy and how things would look different um and we just had to control whatever was ahead of us and we could control and so i'm incredibly proud one to represent SLU and the opportunity they've they've given us this season but then two of our 27 women to stay together stay healthy and stay committed to being able to to compete at a high level well congratulations we look forward to when we get to where you're going to play and and who you're going to play tomorrow and then it starts on april 27th in the ncaa tournament slew the atlantic 10 champion it's a three-peat for the billikens beating davidson yesterday two to one a thrilling victory again for coach katie shields and her program thanks so much for being on kmox with us thank you for having me Go Bills. Cardinal baseball is coming up next. The Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. Thanks for joining us on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.